Good morning and welcome. Today's Tanya portion for the 19th day of the first Adar in the leap year. We're making our way slowly but surely through chapter 30. Chapter ben 30, chapter 30 rather, is said to be a chapter that stands alone. It is said that the original version of Tanya did not have chapter 30. Chapter 30 is all about humility, non-judgmentalism. Do not judge others, even though they seem to be at a much lower level than you. Ask yourself how you would do if you had their trials and tribulations. How would you know? Because you can ask yourself how you do with your trials and tribulations. Therefore, just as we expect the simple person who finds himself in a rough neighborhood filled with temptations, and that's where he makes his living, we expect him to be God-fearing and not to give in to his temptations. And that's the expectation we have of him. And when he doesn't, we judge him. Says the Alter Rebbe, do not judge him. Who should we judge? The Alter Rebbe says, judge yourself. But I'm a good guy. I don't do what he does. But the question is, do you exert yourself with the level of energy which you expect him to exert himself with? And yesterday we started talking about when you apply yourself in your service of God, when you apply yourself to prayer, do you have that passion, <clears throat> that excitement, and that devotion? Or do you just pray because that's the thing to do? In today's portion, he goes on to say, Anyone who does not reach this level, which level? Where he can truly do battle with his body, because what does the body want? Seven-layer cake. The body wants bodily pleasures. So we have to wage the war with the body. This powerful, fierce war. If anyone does not yet wage this fierce war with his bodily desires, bodily desires could mean money, it could mean ego, it could mean recognition. Then he didn't come anywhere near to the level and category of a true battle one has to fight with one's evil inclination. Which burns like a fiery flame. We learned like a red furnace. So we can take this fiery flame of impurity and cause it to be humbled and crushed before the fear of Hashem. So if you expect the other guy to control himself and not give in to his temptations, are you strong enough to really, when you engage in prayer, to engage with all the intensity and passion that you're able to? And similarly speaking, he brings another example. God-fearing people, people who are raised in observance, naturally, before they eat, they make a blessing. After they eat, they make an after blessing. But are they really thinking about what they're saying? Are they focusing? Are they meditating? Or are they thinking where they're about to go? Most of us are thinking about the next step in our lives. 
So Bechain, similarly speaking, Be'inyin in the whole concept of Birchas Hamoza in the grace after meals, the blessing we make in conjunction with eating. Bechol Birchas Hanenin and all the blessings we make when we enjoy God's life. There's a category of blessings called Birchas or Birchas Hamitzvahs. Blessings we make when we do a mitzvah. For example, we're going to light candles. We say, Asher Kedeshonu Mitzvosav, V'tzivonu Lahadlik Ner. God commanded us to light a candle. Nitilat Yadayim, to wash our hands. To light Hanukkah candles. All of these are blessings of mitzvahs. We get called up to the Torah. Asher Bochar Bonu Mikolo Amim, and so on. But then there's a different category, and that is Birchat Hanenin. The brachas, the blessings we make when we enjoy God's world. Eating, the blessings associated with eating, are included in birchas hanenin. Vehamitzvahs, or the blessings from mitzvahs. Bikavono, they have to be said with focus, with intent. You've got to think about what you're saying. How much more so? Kavonas hamitzvahs, the focus of the deed of mitzvahs. Lishmon, that we do the mitzvahs. For the sake of Hashem, for the right purpose. My father, a blessed memory. I used to sit at his classes, and I learned so much from his classes. I used to sit at his speeches when I wasn't running around in the shul breaking things. I remember the president always used to say to me, The rabbi's son! <laughs> but occasionally I used to sit and listen to the speeches. And, and he would often tell the story. This is a new one, Daniel. He would often tell the story of uh, the cantor who came, and, and this guy had a powerful, powerful voice. And the, the, the shuls of old, like my dad's shul when I was a little boy in Newark, it was burned down in the uh, riots, in the Newark riots. Uh, my dad's shul, it, it sat 1,300 seats. It had a big balcony where the women would sit in the balcony. So this, this, this cantor came with his wife. And uh, he was singing beautifully in this massive shul. And he kept checking to see if his wife likes what he's doing. Anyway, he, did, he, he presented this beautiful, beautiful service. And then at the end of the service, he walks over to the rabbi and he says to the rabbi, No, Rebbe, how did you like my cantorial rendition? So the rabbi said to him, I'll say it in Yiddish, your cantorial rendition ascended high, high, high. Gor very high. Arufin Weibershul, into the balcony where your wife is sitting. So that was his focus, that was his kavona. His intent was to go all the way up to the balcony. So his wife should give him approval. That's not the proper kavona. That's not the proper focus we're supposed to have for mitzvahs. So also, when we engage and occupy ourselves in the study of Torah, and I want to just add, again, these are short portions, we have time, so I'm just going to add a thought, the teachings of the Rebbe. The Rebbe explains why we repeatedly utilize the word esek limud ha-Torah. Esek means business. Yet when we make a bracha every day, la'asok bidivrei Torah. Why do we talk about Torah as a business? So the Rebbe said, because human beings 
they customarily, they learn Torah, unless something else is going on. While they're learning Torah, the cell phone rings, they answer it. They didn't talk about cell phones. The phone rings, they answer it. Somebody wants them, they're there. They go back to the Torah. They don't go back to the Torah. But when you're doing the big business deal, you tell your secretary, no matter what happens, no interruptions. I am focusing now. Do not bother me. Says the Rebbe, the bracha is, Lasuk bidivrei Torah. The hour or so, the moments that we engage in Torah has to be 100% focus, 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 like you're doing the biggest business deal of your life. And, and, and parenthetically, that's how you retain what you study. When you're focused 100%, you can retain what you study. So there he says, Esek limudat Torah, the business of Torah study. You've got to deal with it like you're dealing with the deal of your lifetime. To learn much more than you desire to. You know, human beings, they, they have a problem with how much focus they can tolerate. You know, for a lot of people, they, they're going to focus for three minutes. It's a lot. After three minutes, they're fidgety. I, I was at a simcha a couple of days ago. I was at a bris. I happened to be sitting next to a psychiatrist. I know this psychiatrist for a long time. He's a friend of mine. I hadn't seen him for a while. So I said, what are you, what are you doing now? Still practicing? Yes. What are you specializing in? He says, I'm spe specializing in adult ADD. He says, people don't grow out of ADD necessarily. Do you know how many adults are ADD? They're jumping around. I treat them. I prescribe medicine for them. So, you know, when it comes to learning, we have to try and control the ADD. Like I, I was a kid, uh, I've often shared this, I was a kid and, and uh, I would, you know, I would be jumping around and so on, I'm still jumping around. And uh, my teacher would say to me, no, why can't you focus? Why can't? I, I used to say, the cup of Barmin is good, my head isn't good, I don't have a good head. It's a good excuse, right? I don't have a, the cup of my minister good. I don't have a good head. The teacher used to tell me, I want everybody to forgive me, the cup of my minister good. The tochus of my is good. Your head is very good. It's the seat that you sit on. Your rear is not so good. <laughs> so we, we have to be able to focus. To learn a lot more than we want to. A lot more than we can handle. According to his nature. or According to his habit. How can we do this? It's difficult. I can't. We have to wage a fierce, awesome, powerful war with our body. Stick with it. Another minute. Another minute. Because if anyone studies a little more than his nature permits, then it's a small war. And you can't even compare it to the war that another person has to fight with his evil inclination, which burns like flames. And he's called a totally complete wicked person. If he fails that war, 
So why shouldn't you be victorious in your war to learn another five minutes, to learn another hour? The point the Alter Rebbe is making here is capsulized in these words. If you're talking about waging a successful war with the evil inclination within us, is it that much of a difference if the war is in the negative realm, you're fighting not to give in to negative tendencies? Or you're fighting to be able to engage in the positive realm of Torah and mitzvahs. These are all the commandments of the king, the one and only Hashem. So if we can force ourselves to focus in our prayer, to focus in our blessings, to focus in our Torah study, to learn a little bit more, this is a tremendous victory. No less than the victory of the guy who's out there in the middle of nowhere, tempted by God knows what, and he says, I won't do it. The same applies, says the Alter Rebbe in his closing words of today's Tanya portion, with every other mitzvah. And now he gets to the toughest mitzvah. Or befrat, most especially, anything financially related, when it comes to money, no healthy, normal human being wants to give his money away. Why should I give my money away? Go to work. Make your own money. I should give my money away. Yet the Torah says, if you truly want to acquire wealth, give charity. So that charity may be the most difficult service of Hashem of all. Kimei like avodas, the service of hatzdok of charity, ukahai gavna, and other mitzvahs that cost money. Again, my father of blessed memory used to respond to people when they used to ask him, Rabbi, how much should I pay for my tefillin? You know you have expensive tefillin, you have cheap tefillin. How much should I pay for my esrog? You know, they always give you a choice. My father would say, it really depends on what kind of car you drive. If you drive, he would say, a little Volkswagen, then you should get the cheapest Esterick and the cheapest film. But if you drive a Mercedes or a Cadillac, you've got to get the top of the level pair of film because your Esterick, your film, have to be according to your car. And yet the evil inclination tells us when it comes to vacation, we need to upgrade. We need the best. When it comes to charity, I'll give you $18. Leave me alone. So that is the battle of the battle of the dollar of charity, end of today's Tanya portion.